0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. On today's show, we're talking about how real estate values are driven by the influx of jobs and influx of population. We're talking about the semiconductor specifically, and the $52 billion injection of funds that are wrapped up in the CHIPS Act. This 1,054-page document is filled with goodies for the tech industry. The recent export ban on advanced semiconductor manufacturing equipment and technology is aimed at slowing China's ascent as a global technology player. The geopolitical instability and the growing confrontation with China is leaving the U.S. quite vulnerable. There's no question the entire U.S. economy is beholden to semiconductor factories located outside the United States. Many are in Sinshu, just outside of Taipei in Taiwan. Some of the larger, more modern facilities are located in Tainan, the south of Taiwan. Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation, or TSMC as it's called, is the largest contract manufacturer in the world. In recent years, they've expanded manufacturing into mainland China with a very large facility in Nanjing. They have about 56% share of the global market. The intellectual property that feeds these factories is largely based in the U.S. The second largest manufacturer is Korea's Samsung with 13% market share, followed by Taiwan's UMC with 8% global market share. China's SMIC is China's largest manufacturer with 4% of global market share. There is a small amount of chip manufacturing in the U.S. The former IBM and AMD manufacturing facilities were sold to Global Foundries, which is an amalgamation of these facilities combined with the old chartered semiconductor facilities that were based in Singapore to create a global conglomerate of manufacturing processes. Global Foundries has 7% market share but semiconductor manufacturing is a highly specialized field. Each evolution of the semiconductor manufacturing process is a unique recipe, driven by new generations of extremely specialized equipment capable of producing ever more dense circuits. The limiting factor is the lithography that imprints the circuits onto the silicon wafer. The dimensions are so small now that we've resorted to higher frequency light in order to get sharper resolution. Some features are only 15 atomic layers thick, and we're reaching the limit of physics and what's possible to do with visible light or even ultraviolet light. There are currently 23 semiconductor fabs under construction around the world. Many of these fabs were launched in anticipation of growing long-term need for chips. The internet of things makes virtually every electronic household device a connected device, including light bulbs, refrigerators, window blinds, fireplace controllers, dishwashers. This proliferation of electronics means demand for increased semiconductor manufacturing capacity. And I agree that demand for electronic content is clearly increasing in our society. The so-called chip shortage that we experienced during the pandemic was not really the result of a shortage of manufacturing capacity. Part of the automotive shortage was due to a fire at a renaissance-owned fab in Japan that supplies parts to a large percentage of the auto industry. The pandemic also caused significant disruptions, and forced reductions in output, which took many months to recover from. These pandemic-induced supply chain disruptions are largely over. Now, I've personally seen these types of cycles in the industry before. Customers are placed on supply allocation because of capacity constraints. The natural reaction to supply shortages is to order more. The manufacturing plant really can't distinguish between genuine demand and additional ordering to compensate for shortages. The result is a buildup of inventory in the supply chain, which amplifies the boom and bust cycle that's permeated the industry since the 1970s. And we're seeing that cycle again. Semiconductor companies that manufacture commodity memory chips are seeing inventory swell, and prices fall as equipment manufacturers choose to consume inventory rather than ordering new chips from the factory. Prices are down nearly 18% for memory chips so far this quarter, and new capacity coming online means lower capacity utilization in the future. The slowdown in retail spending is also taking a toll on NVIDIA, which is reporting a hefty double-digit decline in its gaming unit. It took a charge, or it took a write-down of $1.32 billion, primarily related to inventory. Now, I believe the slowdown at NVIDIA is also due to a reduction in people using graphics processors to mine Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Now, at the same time, the U.S. has imposed restrictions on the sale of advanced manufacturing equipment to China. It's having an immediate impact on many of the manufacturing facilities owned in China by SMIC, Yangtze Memory, and TSMC. The CHIPS Act has triggered several new announcements, including facilities to be built by TSMC, Samsung, Micron, and Intel in the United States. Samsung plans to build nine factories in Taylor, Texas, and two in Austin. Micron has announced a new memory chip facility in the outskirts of Syracuse, New York. And TSMC has plans for up to six factories at a location in Arizona. Each of these facilities represents a lot of new jobs. These factories operate round the clock, and at the same time, I look at the capacity of each fab and ask the simple question, are we in fact creating more supply than we need? It's not clear. Each new fab that's capable of 40,000 wafer starts a month is really producing something on the order of 385 million chips a year. That's for each facility. I'm having trouble seeing that much economic demand for chips. But hey, what do I know? I was only a microprocessor developer, and I managed engineering teams designing the chips. I didn't work in the fabs directly. The key to setting up shop in these locations is finding the engineers with the expertise to design and operate these advanced manufacturing processes. I can tell you that Syracuse, New York is not a hotbed of semiconductor manufacturing expertise. Now, there are some facilities belonging to Global Foundries a few hours away in Schenectady and in Fishkill. Micron might be able to poach some talent from there. But in a lot of cases, the engineers in those locations are getting close to retirement. There's going to need to be a concerted effort to recruit and train in order to amplify the workforce in the United States. Traditionally, manufacturing engineering has not been the most prestigious of jobs in the high-tech industry, and that's one of the reasons why many of the fabs have been located in Asia, simply access to manufacturing talent. Some of these communities will experience an increase in investment and an increase in jobs as a result of these announcements. It's worth making targeted investments once you understand the specifics of the construction plans for these factories. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.